0: Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction, brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. With a compact footprint, variety of unit options, and seamless system management, city multi-variable refrigerant flow zoning systems from Mitsubishi Electric Train HVAC US are a one-stop solution for modular projects. With efficient operation and the ability to connect to commercial ventilation equipment, third-party systems and comprehensive control solutions, City Multi VRF can help you meet energy and performance goals on your next project. From off-site development to on-site assembly, you can trust our manufacturer-level support to guide you from system selection to design to startup, no matter the application. To learn more about our offerings, visit mitsubishipro.com. Welcome everyone, my name is John McMullen and I'm the marketing director here at MBI. Today, I'm talking with Claudia Granados, founder of New York advocacy firm, The Carnelian Group, and John Hannes-Piccaña, MBI's Government Affairs Director. Claudia and John are here to catch us up on a very near miss for the industry in New York. Claudia and John, thanks for being here.
1: Uh, Thank you for having us, John. It's a pleasure.
0: So, uh, Claudia, before we dive in, tell me about yourself and about how and why you started The Carnelian Group.
1: So I have been working in advocacy for about fifteen years. Um, it's been really the career that I chose um, after college. And what I have worked on is um, advocating for policies and doing a lot of coalition building. Um, so my experience comes from working with um, various corporate nonprofits um, throughout the country and. About two years ago, right before COVID, actually, I decided that I wanted to go out on my own because I wanted to build um, some new and emerging industries that I can take more time and more in-depth um, to work with them so that we can educate legislators about the new technologies, industries that are upcoming, and how we're shaping the future. And when you run your own business, you can pick and choose uh, clients that you want to work with that are innovative Mm -hmm. and develop a little bit more time with them. That's why I decided to go on my own. uh, And I started my company last January, two months before the pandemic.
0: Oh, wow. So it's very new, very new.
1: Yes. Yes. Although I've been in, in New York, in New York State specifically, I have been lobbying up in Albany and in the city for about seven years. Before that, I was doing Work all over the country. I started my work in California, then moved to DC, and went around the country doing political and uh, advocacy work.
0: And so now, of course, you're based in New York. Yes. Uh, And so, what's what's the political environment like in New York, particularly in regards to labor and construction? What are the general challenges that you face when you're advocating for a construction or labor-related issue?
1: You know, it's a very good question. Um, the uh, times have changed a great deal since I started doing this work. Um, about, I, was, I want to say, about ten years ago, I was working for then Mayor Cory Booker here in the city of Newark, New Jersey, and my work was a little bit different. I was actually um, advocating on behalf of the city in trying to um, work through project labor agreements to make sure we had. Uh, enough work for everybody, market rate union work, as well as building affordable housing for in transitional housing for for um, groups that are house are very difficult to house, and really creating uh, a space for everybody to coexist. So you know, I would say that what what I have seen the changes that I have seen are are multifaceted. One is we have the changing wave of the politics around the country becoming more more polarized. We have um, a lot, we went through a period where there was a lot of work, right? So everybody was uh, coming to work. There was a lot of projects in in play after um, the crash of 2008 or almost crash. And so um, where where a lot of the labor folks were very intent on doing a lot of public work because that was the only place that they could get uh, jobs for the members. And because we had a robust economy, everything was going well. Since the pandemic, I think part of the challenge in working with uh, construction and labor is trying to really, um, again, create the space with emerging industries like modular construction to come in, uh, do the work, uh, and scale up, while at the same time maintaining that autonomy to be able to produce the housing or commercial buildings in a factory that oftentimes are not related, uh, in the local level. Right. So a lot of the, the trades, you know, want to go and push a lot of the legislatures to say "Well, everything has to be done locally. Well, that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. And when you have a housing crisis, the way that we do now, which is very acute here in New York and in California specifically, um, you know, we have to find new models, new ways of doing business. So part of what I see the challenge is trying to make sure that the people that we're um, advocating um, to, the legislators understand that in order for us to build and be part of the solution to build more affordable housing, transitional housing, uh, to deal with the current crisis, we have to be able to create a Space for modular construction to flourish right and so and that often means yes that we're going to have work that is located in different states and that is done in a factory uh, and that's how we can do a cost savings and it doesn't mean the labor is shut out of it so part of this is trying to position ourselves so that they understand that we're not taking their work because in many places like New York and California because of the union density, they will be able to still have some of the work. Gotcha. And I think that's the biggest challenge.
0: Gotcha. So, so John, I'm gonna to turn to you. What can you tell us about the specific issue that MBI has been dealing with in New York? And, and what is MBI trying to accomplish?
2: Sure, thanks, John. So <clears throat> the last two years in New York, uh, Claudia has helped us uh, fight off a bill, uh, multiple bills, that would have impacted the modular industry directly and really a direct attack uh, on our manufacturers uh, that would have forced them to use union labor in their factories regardless of where they are located and what also would have required continuous supervision uh, by someone that is uh, licensed by the state of New York or the city of, or New York City. And that's just, it was just impossible. If, that, if those bills would have passed, it would have meant uh, there would be no more modular building uh, that would happen likely in New York City. And so last year we were able to get the bill to not even come up for a vote. Uh, this year it passed both houses uh, and had very little opposition, uh, despite the work we were doing. And uh, through the work that in the relationships that Claudia and I did, uh, it was not brought up for a four vote for this session. So we put it off for another year. But uh, we also understand this has come up two years in a row, so it's likely going to come up again. So we're already preparing and making plans of how we can, uh, you know, defeat this. And also, as as Claudia mentioned, work with uh, the bill sponsors and the trades to find a happy medium that works for both of us to address the needs of the city, like affordable housing, uh, that needs the modular industry. Um, Claudia, if, if you could share, you know, just, uh, you know, kind of a summary of, you know, all the uh, phone calls and, uh, you know, virtual Zoom meetings and, and conversations that uh, we've had over the last 18 months, because it really has been a heavy lift uh, that you and I have, have uh, had to deal with the last uh, couple of sessions to uh, keep our industry safe. Uh, can you just kind of provide a summary for us of all those conversations and folks we've we've been working with
1: absolutely john so um john is right i mean often um you know the work uh, the work is not seen by people because a lot of this is having the relationships and really working everything that you have um you know phones and meetings and zooms and texts and whatnot and you know what we had to do is once once the bill got out of that, in the Senate specifically, they didn't even hear it. They just passed it. Um, then it got kicked over to the House. And in in, so once it got kicked over to the House, they rushed it again through the Labor Committee. And we, you know, I think we had a few meetings before that. So then John and I went very quickly to work uh, multiple times a day, going back and forth on calls. And we were able to meet with a, a numerous amount of elected officials, both in committees of housing and labor for the Senate and the Assembly. We were quick to also meet with the program council of the Assembly, which is where all the sausage gets made. Uh, So we were able to go line by line item in the bill as it was written to say this is why it will not work and these are all the deficiencies of, of, you know, this this um, rushed Legislation. We also thought that there was some, you know, legal challenges that could have come out of that. So um, John and I uh, very quickly worked uh, to come up with suggested language with suggested changes to it. And so towards the end, we ended up rewriting basically the bill, which is, which is like 90% of our language, which is really unheard of. But, and this was all done, as John just previously mentioned. Uh, within a matter of days um, to make sure that this bill did not uh, go through. Because one, as John stated, um, people really don't have an understanding of what modular construction is. And so what John and I try to do, in addition to um, impacting the language of the bill and re- having it rewritten uh, and really preventing it from passing, was to also educate these folks as to what modular construction is. And so we were doing like, two to three jobs at the same time when we were doing this meeting. Um, and we the other part, um, what John and I did was work with coalition building, and that included uh, not only the different organizations that have credibility uh, around the state, the one to build affordable housing. So those were some of the, our external partners, as well as uh, working with other city organizations in the city itself and saying like how this would, dramatically impact um, the affordability of building new homes for people that need it most. So we, we worked on, you know, like so fired up all cylinders and we managed to get a lot of support from external partners through coalition building and really holding a lot of meetings with people who are extraordinarily busy um, during the closing of the session. Uh, but we managed to get a lot of time with key players Um, that really understood the issue and wanted to be helpful, particularly the chairs of the different um, housing committees in the state.
2: That's a great summary, Claudia. And and you're right. You know, a lot of our time was spent uh, educating uh, the decision makers and the uh, bill writers of what this impact would actually be uh, on New York City in a negative fashion. And, And to your point, in being able to rewrite the language of the bill, if it had passed, uh, we were able to take most of the negativity that would have uh, hampered our ability to even do business in New York in New York City out of the bill. So even had it passed, even though it would have been uh, not great for our industry, it wouldn't been have been as restrictive as originally written. Uh, so that was certainly a, a great opportunity for us to build those relationships with the central staff uh, that are the ones that are you know doing the final bill writing and you know deciding what bills are being heard and what are not. Um, and we know, Claudia, you know, as we, as we head into, you know, and prepare for the next session, uh, you can never wait until the session starts to be working on what's coming next. And so uh, we have a, a planning meeting coming up, not only with Claudia as our uh, representative in uh, New York, but also with our Washington, D.C. lobbyists, as well as our California team, um, and specifically for New York, uh, to talk about, you know, how we can... Uh, try to build a partnership with labor and unions uh, and with the bill sponsors to help create a better situation to address their housing needs. And part of that would also include us working with uh, the Department of Housing to adopt uh, the new ANSI standard uh, of using on how to create a modular program that would be more friendly for the industry and also remove some of the barriers for our membership to be able to do business in New York and in New York City. Uh, So we're certainly looking forward to working on those things. And with the foundation we built over the last year and the relationships that Claudia and I have been able to develop, uh, we're in a much better position in New York uh, than we were, you know, a year and a half ago. Would you agree, Claudia?
1: Absolutely, John. Very well said. Um, I I think the work that we have ahead of us is is a lot Um, because what else, what happens in New York, specifically is January through June is when they are in session, the legislature is in session. Um, That means that they are actively passing bills, dealing with the budget the first quarter of the year, and then the rest of it is legislative work. Uh, But between July and December, uh, they are working in their home district, and they are introducing new legislation, as well as going over what they're going to bring up the following year. Uh, One of the critical things that we learned, um, John and I, were, we have to get in front of um, this again, and we have to really educate more people what module construction is. Specifically in the city, we now have um, John. You also asked about what was, you know, what's uh, political, what's uh, what's the environment now in New York specifically. We just elect, we're just got through the primary, so we're going to have a new mayor come January first. Eighty percent of the city council members will be brand new. Um, most of them have never worked in city government, state government, so they have no understanding of how uh, the local apparatus of, of government. So it's going to require a lot of um, education, re-education, introduction, and we have to get. We want to be helpful to the to the incoming mayor in trying to solve the housing crisis. So we see John and I have talked about this at length. How we see an opportunity for um the mayor to, to be partners with the mayors and offer solutions to the housing crisis in New York City specifically. Um some of the other things as John mentioned is passing passing the NC standards is going to require a lot of um legwork with the trade so that they can understand why we're passing this so that they don't get in in it because if they're not, you know, we need to neutralize them at minimum. At best they should be supporters Because if we don't achieve that, then it will be very difficult in a state like New York where labor plays such a humongous role um, in legislative policymaking, um, you know, for them to to, to get out of the way for us to pass this, Well, not get out of the way. That's, you know, more like to understand why this is also in the interest of of their industry to pass.
2: Claudia, you you hit the, the nail on the head there as far as the relationships and being prepared for what's coming next. Uh, You know, we're already planning here in the off session uh, to try to conduct a a factory tour with some of the members and leadership uh, in both houses uh, to tour one of our factories so they can actually see the process and understand it more. Uh, And then, as as Claudia mentioned, having a new mayor uh, that will come in in January. Uh, One of the candidates, um, you know, Claudia has already established a good relationship with. Uh, So we're proactively taking steps there to have relationships in place uh, that will make a difference and help us have influence on things uh, that could impact our industry. So, uh, Claudia, appreciate all the work you've done. Uh, We're glad to have you on our side and on our team and uh, look forward to uh, continued success in in the months and years to come.
1: I I appreciate it, John. It it is really uh, such a treat and pleasure to work with leaders like yourself to really create this Space for modular construction to um, as a new kid on the block is an emerging industry to really find a sweet spot uh, where we can make New York State the model for what should be across the country. Um, I'm really looking forward to all, to all of the work ahead.
0: Well Claudia, John, thank you so much for your time today. I hope you both can come back soon uh, and keep us updated, hopefully during the legislative session starting in January.
2: Sounds great. All right thanks, John.
0: All right. My name is John John. McMullen, and this has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.